0: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you till two. Uh, Talking a lot about the Phillies tonight, obviously. Big offseason for them. Winter meetings continuing. uh, And a lot of Major League Baseball news as the uh, San Diego Padres uh, being seemingly spurned uh, by everybody this season. You blame those singing guys? The singing guy. The what's in guys? That's what's in? This guy? I never wanted to hear this again. Thanks a lot for that. Yes, I do blame them. I I wonder any prospective free agent, you know, looks at those videos and it's just, it's got to be an immediate turnoff. Yeah, like Sam Fold said the other day, a lot of every free agent they met with has mentioned how amazing the postseason atmosphere was on TV. Do you think that's what people say when San Diego comes and talks to them? I have a feeling that is not what people are saying. When, when, you know the San Diego Padres are I don't think this I think the selling point is much more the climate and the weather than it is the atmosphere I don't think you know, it works the same way for them that it worked for the Phillies this offseason. So uh, we'll get to all things baseball uh, and the winter meetings in a second here as we're joined by uh, our buddy Tim Kelly, uh, editorial director for Phillies Nation, also works with us here at Odyssey Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports. Tim, thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Good, man. So, uh, obviously, a busy few days for the Phillies here. And, uh, Tim, just to start out here, what do you make of this offseason so far? Obviously, Dave Dabrowski's been very aggressive, Trey Turner, Taiwan Walker, Matt Strom, uh, really adding to every piece of this uh, the, this uh, roster. What do you make of what the Phillies have done so far in their aggressiveness? It's
1: refreshing how quickly they kind of got their key items checked off the list as opposed to what we saw In 2018, 2019, where Bryce Harper was a free agent for, I believe, over 100 days before he ultimately signed. I I think that's kind of the takeaway early on. This was the first time in a few years you had the winter meetings because of COVID and then because of the lockout last year. So it, it was encouraging for the hot stove to actually be hot this week. And what do you make of that
0: Tim because obviously you know that's something that I think the baseball offseason suffers from because you look at the NBA you look at the NFL things do seem to happen in more of a of a smaller span of time uh why do you why do you believe things have happened so much quicker this year than than they typically do
1: Well I do think some guys just don't want to wait 100 days but I I was also reading something that in the first year of new CBAs owners are t- typically more inclined to spend the kind of show good faith, and also just because you know what rules you're playing by for X number of years. So uh, I, I think it's a variety of things, but probably those two are the biggest.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff factors into that. Tim Kelly, editorial director, Phillies Nation, also works with here as Odyssey, joining us now. And, Tim, you look at the Phillies um, and what they have done here, and it's it's you can look at both sides of it. Obviously, they've improved this team significantly for next season and probably the next few seasons, but also a lot of talk about the future. Do you think this is the right approach for the Phillies to go for it now, even if it does cost them, you know, six, seven years down the line?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the only approach. If the Phillies had missed the playoffs this past year, or even if they had just gone to the wild card round and been eliminated, then I think you can have a legitimate discussion about, does it make sense to continue adding a star free agent every off season? But, Uh, they made the world series. They, for a period until they got no hit, it kind of felt like they might win the world series. And I think you have a legitimate opportunity now where you can come in the next season saying you're markedly improved over a team that ended up reaching the world series. So I think it makes sense. What you have to do though, is you have to start developing from within to supplement that. I mean, it's great to buy players now, but ultimately, you want to get to a point. One of the reasons the Dodgers have been so successful is because they continue, even though they spend on free agents, even though they have some older veterans that are expensive, they continue to churn out talent from within their farm system and also find guys that are kind of cast offs for other organizations, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, that end up becoming stars for them. So you need A to graduate, Andrew Painter, Mick Abel, Mike or uh griff mcgarry but beyond that it can't be five years in between those guys coming up and the next impact prospects you make i think a lot of people remember how brutal those uh 2012 through 2016 that era of phillies was where everybody got old at once that's part of the problem the the bigger part of the problem is you had no talent to supplement that so that has to be what it is is that as Harper and Real Mutel and some of these guys get older, you have other stars that have emerged, some maybe from outside the organization, but many need to be from your farm system. Now, Tim,
0: you, you look at Trey Turner, and seemingly, you know, he's the perfect fit. I thought going into this offseason he was the one target that the Phillies should have had circled and they were able to land him. Um, as far as where he's going to slide into the lineup, first off, where do you think uh, that he should hit, and, and what do you anticipate Rob Thompson will do with him in that lineup?
1: I would tend to think he's going to lead off, especially with Bryce Harper out. It it makes sense to have Kyle Schwarber then move into that 3-4-5 range. There is something to me about Schwarber leading off, getting more at-bats and kind of being in a position where you can't pitch around him when he's in one of those tears where he hits 15 home runs in a month. But the rest of the year, yeah, I think Trey Turner is going to be a pretty drastic improvement as a leadoff hitter. The best one the Phillies have had Since Jimmy Rollins, and I mean, he has skill sets. I don't think this is hyperbole that or maybe even better than Jimmy Rollins in some areas. So uh, I would say he gets the the bulk of his starts at uh, the the top spot in the lineup, but I don't necessarily think if he plays 150 games that all 150 are going to be him leading off.
0: Tim Kelly joining us now, editorial director, Phillies Nation, works with us here at Odyssey Sports. You can check him out on Twitter, at Tim Kelly Sports. And, Tim, obviously the big move Phillies made last night, they bring in Taiwan Walker to fill in one of those spots of the rotation. Pretty big contract, four years, $72 million. Uh, thoughts on that move, and do you think this is the right approach to value durability over maybe upside, or do you think it may have been a smarter move to just bring a guy like Zach Eflin back on the contract that he got in Tampa Bay?
1: Well, I actually think Taiwan Walker is another case of valuing upside maybe over some durability or, or even if he's staying healthy, he's had problems falling off in the second half of the year, but this is someone who has flashed all-star talent. He was an all-star a couple of years ago with the Mets and then fell off in the second half of the season. So I think where the market is, Taiwan Walker got a pretty fair deal for what he's done and the fact that you maybe believe you can get even a little bit more out of him, uh, I, I think it makes sense uh, get, given where the Phillies are at. They needed to add a veteran starter that could kind of fill that number four spot. You you want Andrew Painter to come up next year, but you don't want to be in a situation where if he comes up and he's just not ready that you're in big trouble. So I, I actually think the Taiwan Walker deal is fine, and you just need to find a way to keep him in the second half from falling off. I, I look at like the Zach Eflin deal – and he's a great guy. He's someone that has really shown to be a number three starter when he can stay healthy. But he's made over 25 starts like two times in his career. And I just don't know why, as he gets into his 30s, the knee health is going to get any better. So I-, I think, unfortunately, you had to go in a different direction there. And Taiwan Walker or Jamison Tyone was another guy they were linked to. They probably made more sense.
0: Yeah, Tim, and you look at how the rotation sets up now. Obviously, it seems like four of those spots uh, filled with Nola Wheeler, uh, Ranger Suarez, and um, and obviously Taiwan Walker. But with that last spot, what do you think the Phillies do? Do you think they're better off going out and trying to sign a fifth guy? Do you go with Bailey Falter? Or, you know, you mentioned Painter. Do you kind of go with the six-man rotation, at least at the start of the year, and try to conserve some of your starters' innings at least those first uh, six to eight weeks?
1: Yeah, I don't know if Painter's going to be up on opening day. I don't think it's impossible, but I think he'll be up probably by June 1st, if I had to guess. So uh, you're going to want to manage those innings so he's not someone that's completely out of it, out of the picture in the playoffs. You have Nolan, Wheeler, and Suarez had huge workloads. Uh, and then you have Taiwan Walker, who we just mentioned, has had some really good first hops and kind of fallen off in the second half of the season. I usually think it's kind of a stupid idea, but this might be one of the teams where it it makes sense to consider that for portions of the season, or even if you're not doing a six man rotation, kind of have a swing guy like Bailey Falter or Christopher Sanchez that's in the bullpen or at triple a. But if you want to skip a start for painter or Walker or whoever, you can slot them in and still feel like you have a good shot to win the game. So uh, I felt pretty good with what Bailey Falter showed in the second half of the year. Now, is he someone you want to throw in the World Series? Probably not. But is he someone that can be a serviceable number five starter for you? Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, Tim, and before we get to, you know, what's up next for the Phils and some of the other things around the winter meetings, I did want to ask you a little bit about the bullpen uh, reliever the Phillies signed Matt Strom. Uh, how good is he, and, and how do you think he fits into this bullpen? What do you think his role is going to look like?
1: I think he essentially replaces Brad Hand, who really had a pretty uneven season. And it's one of the problems with going out and trying to build your bullpen through free agency is teams don't typically let their star relievers get away unless there's an issue. And Brad Hand, someone that three or four years ago was one of the best relievers in baseball and now isn't. So that's why he was available in free agency. With with Strom, I think you hope for better results there. But the encouraging thing you have going into next year is Sir Anthony Dominguez, as far as we know, is a clean bill of health. You obviously are going to – they're going to be extremely careful with him, I think, throughout the entirety of his career. But all appears to be good. And Jose Alvarado, I know he gave up the home run to Jordan Alvarez to pretty much end the World Series. But some of the stretches that he had in the second half of that season were – uh, I mean, he looked like he could be the best reliever in the history of the team. I, I don't think that's over the top to say that. The arsenal is incredible, and he's learned how to control it. So you're not expecting someone like last offseason, when you sign Corey Knebel. you're thinking he might have to be the best reliever for the Phillies. I don't think you're doing that here. You're kind of supplementing some of the guys you have there. And the Phillies have really talked up Connor Brogdon, who as the playoffs went on, came in in some big situations, and uh, there was the game, I believe it was game three, might have been game four of the NLCS where the Phillies got down 5-0 early. He had to come in because Falter struggled. He pitched extremely well, and they ended up coming back and winning the game. I think he kind of got back in their good graces, and they expect kind of the next step forward uh, in 2023. A lot of us for a few years now have thought he's shown flashes where he can be one of those guys that, is an impact back end of the bullpen guy.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, that game four performance was was huge when he stepped in after uh, Bailey Falter really struggled to get through that first inning and and gave the Phils two and a third uh, scoreless there. So that was was really interesting, really important for that team in the NLCS. But as we look forward now, Tim, uh, where do you think the attention goes from Dave Dombrowski now? You've signed Turner, you've strengthened the rotation, you've strengthened the bullpen a little bit. Uh, what moves do you expect coming up on the horizon, whether it's uh, free agent moves, trades, or, or possible extensions?
1: Yeah, it might be a boring couple of months, which hasn't been the case for the Phillies in uh, January and February, but it, it might not be a ton. It might be non-roster guys that you invite to spring training, but you, you have some bench guys. Like You're not looking for a backup catcher. You feel good there. Matt Veerling's going to be on the bench. You have most of those spots figured out. They may add another reliever, but I, I don't think it's like I, I don't think you're making another major impact move the rest of this off season unless unless you get some crazy offer for somebody and that kind of changes the equation. I, I think largely what they have now is what you're going to see going into the regular season. Uh,
0: Tim Kelly joining us now editorial director Phillies nation also on the staff here at odyssey sports and just a couple more league-wide things for you here, Tim, as you look at the winter meetings, uh, obviously some big names have flown off the board, not just the the moves the Phillies have made, uh, but DeGrom, Verlander, Aaron judge ends up going back to the Yankees. Uh, anything specifically that stood out or, or surprised you uh, this week?
1: I think the Mets probably made the right decision on how they handled this off season. Like, DeGrom, to me, is as good as any pitcher I've ever seen, but he's made 26 starts in the last two seasons. Like, I understand why you would be hesitant to uh, give him a five-year deal when his body has not responded well the last few seasons. And Justin Verlander may be 40, and maybe he isn't the best pitcher in baseball anymore, but he did just win the Cy Young, and he if anyone is going to be – Uh, kind of the Nolan Ryan of this era, it would not shock me if he's it. So I think getting that deal made sense. And then Aaron Judge, uh, it kind of would have been funny if another superstar free agent ended up with Gabe Kapler like Bryce Harper Mm -hmm. did. But uh, the the Yankees, I, I think he played them like a fiddle, basically. They were a team that if they lost him, could very well finish in last place in a stacked AL East. They got him back. Uh, you might have some lean years at the end of that. I've always kind of been concerned about his health, but, I mean, he hit 62 home runs last year. It is what it is. He, When he's on the field, he's as good as he's a Hall of Fame caliber player.
0: And just one more for you here, Tim. As, you know, Trey Turner lets come back to the Phillies, leaves money on the table, Aaron Judge goes back to the Yankees and doesn't take a, a deal uh, that could have been more lucrative from, from San Diego. Why do you think nobody seemingly wants to play for the Padres?
1: I think it's just a coincidence in this. Like, the Padres came in. Trey Turner had been traded by the Padres early in his career, like, as a prospect to the Nationals. So I don't know if he harbored any ill will about that. I would guess no. By all accounts, he did want to play back on the East Coast. And then Aaron Judge, like, they came into the sweepstakes relatively late, and I think it probably was New York or San Francisco all along. I think it's encouraging that you have a team that we all used to think of as a small market and one of the poorer franchises in the league that has essentially said, like, it doesn't matter what market you're in with all the TV money in the sport today. If you have an owner, and almost every single owner in baseball is a billionaire, if you have an owner willing to spend, any team can go out and make these major deals. The Padres have kind of poked a hole in the whole idea of a small market team really being a thing at this stage.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and I think that's a great point, Tim, and and certainly encouraging uh, for the health of the sport moving forward. But that's Tim Kelly, uh, editorial director, Phillies Nation, on our staff here at Odyssey Sports. You can find him on Twitter, at Tim Kelly Sports. And, Tim, I'm sure a lot of Phillies coverage on Phillies Nation over the next uh, few weeks and months, correct? Absolutely. No days off. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, Tim, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for helping. All right. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, take it easy. That's uh, the other Tim TK. Tim Kelly sports Um, uh, Jolly is uh, every time I see Paul Javits and you know this was so when and Tim used to be a a producer here and if Tim was producing and I was on the air and say I was doing a crossover with Jolly Jolly would always ask if we're related and you know obviously he knows the answer is did you ever say yes yes I mean Tim and I are you know cousins we're we're not we're not related at all but uh, just coincidence but you know, it's a funny, funny funny joke that never gets old, I guess, in Jolly's mind. And I appreciate him throwing it out there. But thank you to Tim for hopping on for a few minutes. Does a great job covering the fills. Uh so make out make sure you check out his work uh, at Phillies Nation. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Talking about the Phil's and whether you're worried about these um about these Long-term implications of these contracts with Trey Turner, uh, Taiwan Walker, four-year deal, $72 million. I do think it's a bit of an overpay. But specifically Turner, Bryce Harper, some of these contracts Phillies have signed to the long term. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen in 2028. This is a team that's built to win now. I want the Phillies to be aggressive. I want them to go all in to win a World Series right now. And I think they're taking the right approach. So I want your take on that. Whether these long-term commitments worry you or not, uh, and you're welcome to chime in. And also, when we get back, I did want to talk uh, a little bit about the Eagles. Because the Eagles have, I don't think people quite understand how important this game in New York is this week. When you look at the future of the Eagles season, you look at the outlook moving forward, this is a game the Eagles need to win. Bottom line, and if they don't, this season could take a turn for the worse very, very quickly. So we'll get more into that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly with Still 2 Sports Radio 94 WIP.